You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Wednesday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and after you get done listening to this show, check out the Locked On Big Ten podcast. There is simply no better place to get all the news on the Big Ten conference than with Nate Dickinson and the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Follow the Locked On Big Ten podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast at. And on today's show, we have a Locked On Broncos co-host, Sarah Bettinger, joining us on the show today. He's going to be talking about the Iowa Hawkeyes at Denver Broncos camp right now. We're talking about Barrington Wade, Josie Jewell, Michael Ojemudia, and Noah Fant and Sean Beyer. He's going to be talking about them. Before we get to that, though, we did get the coaches poll. The coaches poll was released Iowa is in the top 25. We're going to be breaking that down before we get into the conversation with Sarah as we kick off our NFL preview, summer preview series that we did last year. So hope you all enjoy that. But again, let's get into the the big piece of the content for segment one, which is the coaches poll. Iowa checks in at 18th on the coaches poll. And I think that's about right. Given what they did last year, given the fact they did lose several quality players, you're replacing three of the four defensive linemen, and you have Spencer Petras at quarterback, you're not sure what to expect for Spencer Petras. So I think that's about right. What I thought was interesting about that, though, was where other teams were ranked on that list, specifically teams that Iowa is going to be playing against. This is one of their tougher schedules we have seen in quite some time. So taking a look at this, let me pulling it up real quick because I have it on my notes. As far as other ranked teams go, okay, we have Iowa State checking in pretty high. Iowa State comes in at 8th. Wisconsin comes in at 15th, Indiana at 17th, Penn State at 20th, and Northwestern at 27th. Michigan even got some votes for the the coaches poll. Um, I think what's interesting about this is the general love for Wisconsin over Iowa. Now, I think both those teams are basically even, but when you look at what happened last year and then you go into this year, um, to me, you almost have to give the nod to Iowa. Now, again, I'm not saying Wisconsin is a worse team than Iowa. I think they're basically even. But then when you look at what Iowa did last year, to me, again, that gives you that nod from a coach's poll perspective, or at least it should. Um, Northwestern getting love at 27th. I think that's the Pat Fitzgerald effect. I really don't believe Northwestern is going to be a very strong team this year. I think they're going to finish fourth or fifth in the Big Ten West, in my personal opinion. They lose so much. Now, Northwestern does a pretty good job of typically reloading, and and again, they're kind of like Iowa, very consistent. But there are times where Northwestern really struggles. And I think when you lose 70% of your starters, you're going to struggle. And that, to me, is the case for Northwestern, even though they checked in at 27th. Michigan getting votes, honestly, is just pathetic, but that's neither here nor there. But the big thing, Iowa playing Iowa State, Wisconsin, Indiana, Penn State, that is four teams ranked in the top 20 that Iowa gets to play. I do, again, I believe the 18th is good. I think that's about where I would expect Iowa to be at. You win those first two games, you beat a ranked Indiana, you beat a ranked Iowa State, and now Iowa is in contention for even a college ball playoff spot at that point. You have to be talking about it once you have those two ranked games. Now, there's going to be some some interesting games later on in the season, obviously getting Wisconsin and Penn State, but you beat Iowa State and Indiana right out the gate, that's going to look pretty darn good for the national media. Now, if you win one and lose one, that still doesn't look bad. 
you're playing two top 20 ranked teams. That does not look bad on the resume later on in the season or even early on in the season for the Iowa Hawkeyes. The one thing that I think is interesting, though, about Iowa being ranked 18 specifically is that historically, Iowa hasn't done great with expectations. Now, what I mean by that is in 2004, they were ranked 19th in the preseason poll. They finished 8th. That was a good year. 2005, they were ranked 11th, finished unranked. 2006, ranked 16th in the preseason poll, finished unranked. In 2009, they were ranked 22nd. They finished 7th. In 2010, 9th and finished unranked. 2015, unranked, finished 9th. 2016, ranked 17th, finished unranked. And then the last two years, they've done a really good job. 24th and 20th, finishing 16th and 15th. Now, that's not a, a big trend, but when you look at it, that is three, four times that Iowa has been ranked in the top 25 and has not finished in the top 25. Now you have the other times, you have literally four times. So out of the eight times Iowa has been ranked in the preseason poll, 50-50 on whether or not they have uh, what we would consider a good season versus a bad season. Now some of those seasons, the 2016 year, they went eight and five. That's not a terrible season, but not really one you write home about. The 2006-2005 seasons, they went 6-7 and seven and 7-5 seven and five respectively. So definitely not something you get overly excited about um, from a rankings perspective. I do think this team has what it takes to be a ranked team throughout the year as long as they can stay healthy. But even that, they have so much depth along some of the key positions that I think this is a team that can fulfill expectations. But it is something that you have to be a little bit wary about when you're looking at their rankings compared to what they've done in the past. Two last points I want to address. Uh, first, the AP poll is coming out next week. Um, I will not be producing uh, real-time episodes next week since I'll be in Alaska, but I will have pre-recorded episodes breaking down the entire season for the Iowa Hawkeyes, so uh, breaking down two teams per episode, so be on the lookout for that. But again, we're not going to be breaking down the AP poll. The other piece is some of you might be thinking – who cares about the coaches poll? Who cares about the AP poll? Well, this gives you a barometer of where the college ball playoff committee might have some of these teams. And as we saw with that 2015 team, if you are ranked high early in the season, that gives you an opportunity to mess up and still be ranked. But if you are not ranked, it makes it very difficult. You basically have to win all of your games or go on an eight or nine game winning streak to get any sort of any sort of notoriety unless a bunch of teams in front of you fall. So it just makes it very difficult. It's, a, it's more difficult when you're unranked versus when you are in that top 20 ranking like Iowa is. So it is relative, there is some importance to it, which I think is a little bit dumb, but that's the nature of college football. There are some really dumb things that the uh, NCAA does and college football does in general. So that is my take on that. Coming up on segment two and segment three, we have Sarah Bettinger joining us to talk about the Iowa Hawkeyes on the Denver Broncos. Before we get to that, though, you know I have to tell you about betonline.ag, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and the NFL and college football seasons are right around the corner, or at least the regular seasons are. And you can track all that action at betonline.ag. You can also bet on reality television, elections, uh, the Olympics were a great, great Great opportunity for me to win some money as well. All of that can be done at betonline.ag. So before the next pitch or the next snap, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device 
and check out all of the signing bonuses or sign up bonuses and contest information they have today and to get into the game. That's right. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the run to the playoffs or begin their quest for to host the Lombardi Trophy. So go to betonline.ag, get that free account, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, y'all. I'm honored to be joined here by Sarah Bettinger. Sarah, it is a pleasure having you on, a recurring guest, and now we have you on as the co-host of the Locked On Broncos podcast. Congratulations on that. Excited to have you here, though, talking some Iowa football, man. Oh, you know, I love it. You know, I love this time of year. We've been we've been hanging, you know, in the in the Internet, you know, for a long time, you and me. So it's really cool to be part of the Lockdown Network. It's really cool. to I know I've been on your show before. And um, so I'm really excited, man. Football is in the air. Iowa football is, you know, I, I love that. I absolutely love it. It's it's just such a and we need to get the pumpkin spice in the mix, too. I'm one of those guys, you know, like this is my favorite time of year for for football pumpkin spice and, and all those different types of things. So I'm excited, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I feel like you're the jean jacket, pumpkin spice latte watching you know on a Saturday kind you of guy. You know it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Get it ice, get it hot. However you can have it. Protein shake. It doesn't matter to me. I'm, I'm all for it. So Dude. I Absolutely. do like pumpkin spice, man. Pumpkin spice is good. And I just, I just added the jean jacket to my repertoire. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm trying to make my waves there. It's interesting. This whole thing comes full circle. Uh, obviously start, got my start with you. And then here we are talking as two hosts on the lockdown podcast network. Um, everyone who's been here that's listened to you before knows that you're a huge Iowa fan, but I just want to quickly reiterate that, that not only are you the Broncos insider, but you are a huge Iowa fan. So before we get into some of these Hawkeyes playing on the Denver Broncos, what is your prediction for Iowa football this year? Man, it's got to be a little bit better than last year, right? I think that kind of just a fresh start on on both sides of the ball. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. Obviously, really excited for Tyler Goodson this year. I, I just think he's going to take a huge step forward and, and really pumped to see these new pieces on defense. So it's going to be a lot of fun, man. I, I think they're going to be better than last year. I think it's kind of one of those devil you know versus the devil you don't sort of situations. So I'm really hoping for steps forward from everyone. Uh, and, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, it's kind of expect the unexpected sometimes with Iowa. They seem to always, you know, either underplay when there's high expectations or overplay when there's low expectations. So I, f- I feel like this is going to be a solid year. Yeah, man, I, I'm pretty pumped. Very excited for the team. Uh, being ranked in the top 20 does scare me a little bit. As you kind of <laughs> mentioned, the, the underperform uh, just seems to happen when they're ranked. So we will see. I'm excited for Iowa football. I'm also excited to watch. Uh, several Iowa Hawkeyes play on the Denver Broncos. I don't know what it is about Denver and the um, Iowa Hawkeyes, but it seems like several organizations across the league really like to grab some Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, and starting with Michael Ojemudia, let's kick it off there because Michael Ojemudia really skyrocketed up draft boards, um, you know, last draft season, did a phenomenal job down at the Senior Bowl and got into the game, had a lot of playing time for the Denver Broncos. I felt like he made some rookie mistakes, but he also had some pretty good tape at times and then was struggling with tackling towards the end of the season. This offseason, Denver just really goes all in on the cornerback position and the defensive backs in general. Big Fangio loves defensive backs, but where does Michael Ojemudia stand on this deep? Does he even have a spot? And I guess I'm asking three questions here. With all these defensive backs coming in, is that an inclination that they do not like what they see in Michael Ojemudia? Great questions. Great questions. So I think that was kind of just what all of us in Broncos country were thinking immediately is what you just said, like, man, they must not like him or they must have been more down on his rookie season than initially thought. 
but but here's the here's the fact of the matter. So they signed Kyle Fuller, veteran at the cornerback position to a one year deal. And they've got Bryce Callahan also on the last year of his contract with the team. And then you bring in Patrick Sertan through the draft, which was, you know, a combination of, hey, last year we had like 100 injuries in the defensive backfield. But also like this guy is probably the best defensive player in the entire draft. So I think that there's a combination of things going on there. But what's really cool about with what they're doing with OJ Moody is they give him really his rookie season to kind of earn his lumps, mostly as an outside corner. And then when I was at training camp, I saw him working a lot behind Sertan as kind of like the dime linebacker. So I think they kind of envision him playing a versatile role. And you can't obviously in a, in a 17 game regular season, you can't necessarily plan on these guys staying fully healthy all throughout, especially guys like Callahan, who's missed significant time in the last couple of years. Then you've got uh, Ronald Darby, who's also missed uh, quite a bit of time in his career. And Kyle Fuller at one, at one point had a season-ending injury as well. So you've kind of got a bank on, all right, we're going to need depth. And so I think O.J. Moody's role is going to be our, if, if somebody gets hurt, God forbid it's Sertan because we want him out there all year. But if it's him, I think he's going to slide right into that dime backer role. If it's not him, I think you slide Sertan outside. You have the versatility to put O.J. Moody in that dime backer spot. Or you could do – Vice versa, you know, you could put OJ Mudia back on the outside where he played last year, because from what I had been hearing at OTAs, OJ Mudia was really looking improved. So I think they still like him a lot. Obviously, they're playing a little bit more of the long game now, as opposed to just thrusting him into the starting lineup like they did last year. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think people might forget that Michael Ojemudia was also um, playing a little bit of that cash role at Iowa. They had experimented him with, with that cash position after Monty Hooker left. He has the size. He's a former linebacker in high school. I mean, this is a guy who who can play that type of position. And again, six foot, 200 pounds, um, has decent size to be able to do that. So um, love hearing that. I think the long game, Iowa, or not Iowa, Denver is in a very interesting and unique position outside of the quarterback spot. They have a lot of depth. So uh, definitely a good spot to be in for him. Moving over to tight ends, we have two tight ends that are from Iowa. Noah Fant, people know that Noah Fant is a very talented tight end. I think where I've been kind of getting confused at is they just don't feel like they can use Noah Fant because they needed so much help um, in line blocking at times to help some of our tackles. But I feel like we're in a good spot from a tackle perspective. Do you expect Noah Fant to have a bigger role in this offense now? Um, now that they can probably utilize him in a myriad of different ways with the tackle spot being shored up now. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. The expectation in and around Denver and even nationally now that I've seen is that Noah Fant is going to have the biggest season of his career, which is saying something because through the first two seasons that he's had in the NFL, he's already setting Denver Broncos records. You know, he set rookie records. Um, he's done so much good. And the, the funny thing is, and you know this, Twitter is so fickle. You know, I remember during his rookie season, the Kansas City Chiefs game, people were calling for Fant to be cut. You know, they're calling him a bust because he's struggling with dropped passes. And now here he is establishing himself as one of the best tight ends in the game. I don't think top five is a stretch. I think that he's going to be in the conversation for the top three and four guys at the end of the season. So long as he stays healthy, he's dynamic. He's kind of figuring things out in terms of like nuance of the game. He's no longer just, all right, when we're in the red zone, like, like at Iowa, we're in the red zone, we're going to feed Noah Fant. You know, he's done so much more, uh, you know, inside the twenties in Denver. And I think that we're going to see an expanded role from him this year, big time. I think he's going to be probably, probably number three in the team in, in targets behind Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. And I think that they're going to heavily, heavily feature him. Um, whereas last year it was kind of like hit or miss based on the week. You know, you never knew if you were going to get 
10, 12 targets to fan, or if you were going to see three or four. So yeah. I think he's going to be heavily featured and, and a big time weapon um, that really establishes himself as one of the league's best. I love him, man. Yeah. Last year was so, I had no fan on several of my teams. I felt like he was just, you know, he, it's so quiet for him, right? What he's doing. It's such a, people aren't talking about him nearly as much as even TJ Hawkinson, because TJ's had some of those big time moments over in Detroit. But yeah, Noah fan, definitely a guy I'm looking forward to this year. I've actually just uh, signed him in my dynasty league, so I'm very excited. I uh, got him for very cheap, which is great. Um, I love it. Yeah, one dollar. I'm doing well here. All right, y'all need to quickly pause the conversation with Sarah. I hope you are enjoying his insight as much as I did. I do want to tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market today. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They have nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor, such as birthday cake with sprinkles, which I absolutely love. And there's literally something for everyone. They got fruity, salty, sweet, you name it. They've got it. And these are all covered in 100% chocolate. The best part about these delicious protein bars though, is not just the taste. It is the health benefits as well. Between 17 and 18 grams of protein per bar, between 130 to 180 calories per bar, four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs, nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Get your hands on a Built Bar today. And right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Sean Beyer, though, is another guy who's on this team. And people who watched Iowa football, you have two memories of Sean Beyer. You have the fumble against Wisconsin, and then you have – Uh, basically the last year where he finally got on the field as a tight end, but he was then overshadowed by Sam Laporta. So Sean Byer, what does he bring to this team? And does he have a chance of making the team? Because Denver had such a rich um, depth or more like a rich history of having some depth in the tight end position, investing in it in the fifth and sixth rounds. But a lot of those guys are gone now. And I believe he's the fourth tight end, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, so he definitely has a good shot to make it uh, with a good preseason. I think the tight end depth is going to be interesting to watch for the Broncos it's kind of one of those spots on the team right now where nobody really knows like all right behind Noah Fant and Albert Okuebunam who's number three uh right now it seems like Eric Salbert is kind of solidified as the number three and then you've got like the fullback tight end Andrew Beck who might be kind of in that mix as well but he really wasn't last year so there's kind of like some gray area there with whether or not Sean Byer really factors into that mix. And I think what the Broncos like about him that not many guys on the roster right now bring to the table is inline blocking. You know, like you said, even this past year when he got his most playing time and most action in the passing game really overshadowed. So he's, he made enough plays though. I think that you can see the traits, you can see the strong hands, you can see the kind of deceptive athletic ability at the catch point specifically. And obviously they want him to be physical in the running game and be one of those kind of why inline tight ends. So I think he has the potential They gave, I mean, money talks, right? So yeah. when you're giving a guy as high of a signing bonus as he got one of the top three or four on the team, I believe this year, they definitely have some plans to have him on the roster in some capacity, whether that's 53 or whether that's practice squad. I'm not entirely certain, but I think he's going to be definitely somebody that they value and somebody that they prioritize throughout the course of this year, his development. Absolutely. Yeah. I think 
with with him specifically um, play on the practice squad wouldn't be the the worst thing for him this first kind of year. And then also in Denver, I think every year, the last three or four years, I think we end up going through seven or eight tight ends. It feels like, I mean, we're getting down to uh, really deep down on that depth chart to find a tight end. Also just want to quickly shout out Eric Sabert, uh, another Iowa guy went to Drake. So three university of or three Iowa guys, three Iowa guys from their universities in Iowa, which is awesome. Uh, moving on to linebacker spot, Barrington Wade uh, just got picked up by Denver. Um, is he anything more than a camp body? You know, at this point, I'm not 100% sure that he is. I think what's intriguing about the, like what we talked about with OG Moody and Sertan is I think we're going to see so much more dime package in Denver this year than in previous years. So really not that, you know, not that linebackers are going to be phased out by any means, but I think that there's definitely going to be fewer inside linebackers on the roster than previously. So you look at his athletic traits some really, really intriguing short area quickness, um, and, and that's appealing at the linebacker position these days because you got to be able to turn your back to the line of scrimmage and play in coverage against some really, really athletic tight ends. So you give that a shot. You know, you see what he, he can do in preseason work, see if he's worthy of a practice squad spot, because right now the Broncos only have, I think, four or five healthy linebackers, uh, which is kind of crazy because in years past, we've seen them go in with eight, nine, ten guys at the off ball linebacker position, which is insane. So I think that there's definitely a chance for him to impress because it's such a small group of guys. So he's going to get a lot of, a lot of work in the preseason, as long as he sticks through this little camp trial that they're giving him. But obviously they liked him quite a bit, you know, claim him off waivers. They didn't even let him hit, hit free agency first. They claimed him off the waiver wire. So I think they liked him in the, in the draft process, um, which like you said, you know, a lot of Hawkeyes are making their way to Denver these days. So I think they've got somebody, a scout there that they really trust and somebody, um, you know, in Barrington Wade, who's going to be able to make an impact in preseason games on special teams and show what he can do in coverage against these backs and tight ends. Absolutely, man. I think one thing to note as well is I feel like Vic Fangio's defense is very more so than other places is reliant on everyone being in the exact right place at the right time. There's a reason why there are so many people who come and play for Vic Fangio and have career type of years after maybe not having the best career up to that point. You look at what Iowa does from a defensive perspective. Those guys need to be in the right spot for that defense to be effective. You don't have a lot of high profile type of athletes in Phil Parker's defense. So definitely something interesting to watch out for. The last linebacker I want to touch, touch on is Josie Jewell. Um, from everything I've heard, he's been kind of injured throughout camp a little bit. Um, but last year, I felt like he had a really quietly good season. And yet people just want to say he's slow and can't cover. But I felt like he's he's been doing a pretty good job of hiding what I would consider an inadequacy in his game um, to this point. And has been a really solid linebacker for the Denver Broncos. What do you expect in year four for him? Because his job just keeps trying to get taken away, right? They keep trying to find people to take his job and they just can't. Right, exactly. And and that's kind of Josie Jewell's MO, right? He's just he's he's too good to take out of the lineup. And I think the Broncos kind of discovered that last year when they were really planning on Todd Davis and Alexander Johnson being the starting duo. And then jo and Todd Davis gets injured in training camp and Josie Jewell kind of comes in and Wally pips him. So with Josie Jewell this year, I think he's in a little bit of danger of being Wally pipped himself. And I hope that that's not the case because I agree with you. I think that last year he had a really underrated season. This year's a, is, is an interesting situation for him though, in a contract year, the Broncos really liked Justin Sternod, a guy from Wake Forest that they drafted last year in the fifth round who had a season-ending injury as a rookie. So they're getting an extended look at Justin Sternod now with that top defense and Josie Jewell being out. It's 
you know, he's got the groin injury and he's out for kind of, I think they said it was a 10 day deal. So we'll kind of see if he plays or if he does anything against the Vikings this week in their joint practices, but they know what Josie Jewell brings to the table. Uh, he, he obviously has an in, uh, an intimate understanding of Vic Fangio's defense, which is very complex, like you said, and it's just something that that can't be replaced in, you know, in the immediate, even by you look at just the polar opposite Ohio state linebacker, Baron Browning, a guy coming in who's, you know, top five, basically all time athlete at the linebacker position. And he's not going to be able to come in and start as a rookie because there's so much that you have to be right place at the right time all the time. And, and Josie Jewell has become an expert at that. We saw that in his four years at Iowa and we've seen that in his three seasons in Denver, he's kind of figured out a way to be in the right place at the right time, most of the time, um, even in coverage. So I think that he's, you know, he's definitely going to be the, the guy that you pencil in as the starter, but I won't be surprised to see them give Justin Cernod more reps this year or, reps in general since he didn't play last year. And I won't be surprised either to see the dime package kind of phase out that base two linebacker, two inside linebacker look that Vic Fangio likes to run. Absolutely, man. Um, and you mentioned the Broncos versus Vikings game. There'll be seven Iowa, I think, you know, eight, maybe I think Jalil Johnson is still on the Vikings. So eight mm. Iowa Hawkeyes um, in those joint practices should be a lot of fun watching that. Sarah, where can the folks find you at? You can find me on Twitter at Sarah Bettinger. Um, I, I write for NFLmocks.com and predominantlyorange.com. And we just like to have fun, man. This football is fun and, and I love to discuss it. So I need any people like you to keep me updated on the Hawkeyes. <laughs> hey, you know, I love I love hearing hearing everything from you guys and what's going on. And you guys do an awesome job. So so thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you, man. It uh, feels good to come full circle. Appreciate you being on here, Sarah. Make sure to follow Sarah. If you like literally anything football here, he is your man. You got Iowa, Denver, and the draft. I don't know what else you possibly need. So thank you again, man, and we'll talk to you later, buddy. All right, y'all, and that does do it for our show today. Make sure to go follow Sarah if you want some Broncos, Hawkeyes, and NFL draft content on your Twitter feed at all times. He is a phenomenal follow and a good buddy in the industry to me. And that will do it for our show today. We will be back tomorrow. We're probably going to continue the NFL summer series preview or summer preview series, I should say. Um, and we have a special guest interview coming up as well um, from the Iowa basketball team. That'll be coming up hopefully at the end of this week. If you want more Locked On content, you got to check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Betting on your team doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorites, picks and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast app. And that will do it for our show today. If you loved this episode, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, former Iowa player Jake Fisher has started with us now, and he's going to be running the social media. So we are going to be a lot more active on Facebook and Instagram, so be on the lookout for that. And again, make sure to give us that five-star review if you loved this episode. As always, Hawkeye Nation, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate your love and support, and have a phenomenal Wednesday, and let's go Hawks.